Talk Podcast. Hi guys, we're back with another episode of the Real Talk Podcast. Today's topic is prevention and we have a very special guest with us today, Sahan. Hi guys, yes we do. We have a very special guest. Her name is Sakshini Mativanan and she is a postgraduate student of psychology and works as a counseling technician. She's also a co-member of the organization Hope SL, which works on suicide prevention in Sri Lanka. Without further ado, Sakshini, how's everything going? Good, how are you? We are doing fine, guys. Yeah, we're very um, excited to and uh, talk about this topic. Exactly. Uh, can I yeah. ask, how did you get into this field of study and what was your like initial introduction to it? Before we get started with off the questions. Okay, sure. So I first um, got into mental health. Well, the reason why I wanted to get into mental health was because my aunt was diagnosed with schizophrenia um, when I was younger. I lived with her for most part of my younger years and I witnessed what uh, misunderstanding mental health could do to someone. Um, and there was not a lot of information available back then. So I'm referring to the 1990s. And the usual treatment was, hey, okay, you know, this person has schizophrenia. We can't control her. Let's dump her in Angoda. And she underwent um, what would now verge on abuse at this institution. And then she returned back home. And um, yeah, so for the most part, I lived with her. And this inspired me to pursue psychology and mental health to change how it's perceived um, in this part of the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what do you think the current situation in Sri Lanka, how do you think we as a country approach mental health? I think it's changed significantly to when I first started. So I did my undergrad in 2008. I started in 2008. Um, Back then, mental health and psychology was virtually not spoken of in the public sphere. But now, just, just simply being on social media, so much work on mental health and raising awareness of contributing to how we talk about mental health. And it's changed a lot in that it's there's a more positive approach, a more tolerable approach than what it was. Uh, so suicide is sort of a taboo topic in the present society. When talking about that, do you think it's predictable in someone? It is. So these warning signs can take the form of mood where someone is sadder than usual or seems empty, seems um, tired seems without energy or even depressed then there's also how they communicate so when someone starts talking about okay you know i think i don't deserve to live i don't feel like living that's a warning sign um and collecting or rather giving away their personal artifacts um maybe even writing letters those are warning signs And in terms of behavior, the significant one would be withdrawal from friends, from family, um, and sleeping or sleeping more than usual, less than usual. Those are really important warning signs in terms of how you can predict it. And so uh, it is predictable. 
So actually, if you could uh, just say now, say a certain person is considering suicide, and we know of this, that person has told us, what do we do to help out somebody who's considering suicide or, or to even handle that situation? Okay. So primarily, this is dependent on the imminent threat or risk. Okay. So if it's someone who is on the verge of completing or attempting, thereby you de-escalate the situation as best as you can. So, however, but if it's someone who is speaking to you about it and you're really worried, your first behavior or action would be to refer this person to professional support without even thinking about it. And in some instances, even accompanying the person to seek this professional or consult with a professional would be useful. Because most often than not, they feel so helpless, they feel like even seeing a professional might not really help their situation. So in terms of, it, it depends if it's someone who's really on the verge of completing suicide, it's all about staying with them, de-escalating the situation, redirecting their focus. And what we say at Hope SL is we sell life. We persuade them that, hey, there's so much out there. There's hope. We sell life to them. Uh, what do you think we can actually do in situations of like when someone's severely depressed, you know, they it's really hard for them to actually mm. seek help. And sometimes you can't like, mm. you know, pick them up and take them to therapy or whatever, right? Like, what do you do in those kinds of situations? So in, in those instances as well, usually, so what Hope SL does is we do have a chat platform. Mm-hmm. And most often than not, people with psychological um, or mental illnesses such as depression, or even if they're considering suicide or thinking about it, most often than not, they really just want to be heard. Yeah. They want to share what they feel. And sometimes they may not feel comfortable sharing, with, sharing it with close friends, family. So providing them or even reaching out on behalf of them so that someone could connect with them on a chat platform over the phone just to, just to hear them speak may help, may really go a long way. Because currently, yeah, with pandemic restrictions or even not being able to physically get them out of the house, it's, it's really difficult, it's a challenging situation, but there are available existing resources that could help this person. Yeah, so it has been statistically proven that more men tend to commit suicide than women. Why do you think this is? So, see, a lot of research that's conducted in the world takes on a Western approach. And in that context, yeah, men do have a tendency to complete suicide than women because they have more access to firearms and because their intent to complete suicide is stronger than that in women. And the means by which they complete suicide is more violent than that of women. However, in the Sri Lankan context, there is still a dearth of research that hasn't really looked at that. Um, but from a Western approach, yeah, that stands true purely because of these reasons, the accessibility to firearms, whereas in Sri Lanka, we don't really have that. Do you think that talking about like men's mental health and things like that also play a part in, you know, the whole disparity between yeah males and females? Because I feel like generally, if like female being down or things like that is generally 
okay or even talked about more than you know the same situation within males no absolutely and i think that's that's one of the contributing factors to why again men do complete suicide um because it's still considered it just think about how some people reflect or respond to a man crying you know like the first instinct or the first thought we have is oh gosh like that's just weird like why is he crying yeah. like the expression of of just sadness is really not um we're not comfortable with it mm-hmm. which leads to a lot of men having to suppress and be macho about emotions so that's absolutely um correct in terms of what you've said also what do we think about suicide like is it a way of asking for attention like a cry of help right basically so that is suicide is definitely not attention it's anyone showing signs of suicide or saying okay you know what i just don't feel like i can get through this i don't feel like i want to live it should never be ignored or neglected it is imperative that anyone you know or who comes to you and says you know what or you hear in passing signs of suicide or in conversation you you explore that so actually uh, some someone who doesn't see uh, say like an end to issues now say somebody has is is having financial issues could be social issues and uh, could be even just in general stress like you know how work and everything can be stressful right so all of that pent up so if they don't want to go to counseling and they think it's okay it's just yeah. paying another guy for you to talk to yeah in that context what sort of alternatives can we do what do you think that we should do as an alternative okay so that's again the resources also don't just come as you know um a gateway to prevent just suicide but it's also to help alleviate the stress and the the psychological burden you may feel so that's one way secondly if it's someone known to you it's important to provide a space for them to share what they feel and to validate so what do i mean by validate it's essentially to to understand why they feel a certain way you don't have to agree with it you know it's just understanding okay you feel this way fine i get it so it's important to create that space to listen intently and carefully so shakshini even now we've come so far from where we were you know in past context we wouldn't even talk about mental yeah. health so from there onwards we've come so far but it's still a taboo topic so even even at just imagine a normal family gathering of ours right if we were to speak about somebody's mental health it would be a really taboo topic it would just look wrong in that context it's like yeah. even within your family you can't talk about it Yeah. So why why do you think that is? Why do you think we we are so reluctant to talk about it? So it's it's funny you should bring this up because the other day I was talking to the help uh, in my home and one of them spoke about uh, a report of uh, death by suicide in the local newspaper. And after she shared what she had read, she then made a lasting statement saying, you know, it's a sin to to complete suicide to die by suicide these people are you know going to go to hell so it's this cultural and sometimes religious belief in terms of how we look at suicide so that's one part of it which then relates to mental health and 
the reason why this is the case is because we still treat mental health not in the equal footing as we treat physical health. Yeah. But the more we talk about it, even if it's in a family gathering, you just own it up and then just, just talk about it, the more you break that stigma and that taboo. And even on this podcast, the fact that you guys are here wanting to talk about it, um, asking the right questions and raising awareness contributes to it so much more than you would think. So it's... I feel it's mostly a cultural, religious, and a social um, a lot interplay of factors that contribute to that. So, Shakshini, uh, what is meant by suicide contagion? So, suicidal contagion or suicide contagion or copycat suicide is this phenomenon where direct exposure to the death of um, a loved one or a friend by suicide or even media reports increases the incidence of suicide or suicidal behaviors. And this is prevalent mostly in young adults and adolescents. So it's this phenomenon that has come emerged in the recent years because of how media reports um, suicidal deaths. It's more prevalent also in in countries like Japan, uh, in the Western world to some degree. Um, and also I think with recent celebrity um, actors passing away, that has also increased the incidence of uh, suicide contagion or copycat suicide. Why do you think it increases it per se, like exactly? So it's... So why it's prevalent with the with adolescents and young people is because these people are considered at risk um, for suicidal ideation and thoughts and behaviors. So they're also quite vulnerable to clusters, to behaviors in clusters or in, in groups. So it triggers this pattern amongst them. And sometimes a lot of adolescents, it's a very transitory period and they they endure a lot more than they can talk about. So it could impact most of them struggling with it and, and watching this and seeing this could just be like, hey, you know, they, they would feel, okay, this person's done it. Maybe, maybe this is what I need to do for myself. So exposing themselves to this triggers that thought pattern, which then becomes an actionable thing. They, they're compelled to act on. Mm-hmm. Okay, how do you think we can like sort of counteract this problem? Because you can't exactly stop reporting about suicide and things like that. Because there's things that happen in like general society. But people need to not, you know, act so harshly when they hear these kinds of stories. So what do you think is the solution for that? So this is all... It, okay, one part of it is to how media reports uh, suicidal deaths. So make sure it's factual, it's clear. And without really getting into the details of it yeah. or why it happened. Mm-hmm. Just simply reporting it as what it is and reduce the repetitive reporting of suicidal deaths. So that's, it's mostly to do with media regulation and practice of how suicide is reported, which is changing in Sri Lanka. It's people are paying attention to that. People are more tuned to that, which is good. Okay, Shakshini, you said that uh, seeing somebody else go through this and uh, especially if it's a loved one or a friend right mm. seeing somebody else go through this that 
might induce somebody who is also depressed or you know somebody who's not doing well currently to act in such be- act in that be- in that sort of behavior well, mm-hmm. so if that is the case why don't people talk about it more why why are people reluctant to talk about it okay so we are in terms of our mental health uh, conversation we are only now reframing it so we're now talking about suicide awareness in terms of what it feels like to feel um suicidal or to have these thoughts but in terms of people who are impacted by someone's or bereaved by suicide that's a conversation where yet to shed light on because the focus is taken mostly by people who are feeling suicidal but even in our conversations even in how we build awareness even in how we talk about these things it's crucial to also highlight bereavement by suicide and some organizations do do that here and they're working towards that in terms of how they uh, express it in terms of the uh, campaigns they might have in terms of the conversations they might have uh shakshini why don't people talk about the adverse effects of a survival of suicide and what they can do post their attempt again i think it's it's how we focus on this whole situation see it's when we talk about suicide again what comes to your mind when you talk about it or when you think about when you know of someone who's dealing with it or who has completed it do you do you focus on the person who's completed it or do you focus on the survivors of it so when you say survivor do you mean someone who has attempted or do you mean someone who has been believed by someone having completed it completed suicide what are you referring to As somebody who might have either tried and then didn't go through with it or somebody who's yeah. close to contemplating it okay so in that context actually you know what no that's changing people are talking about it um a lot of organizations again have had people um share their experiences of what it had what it what why they did what they did and a conversation about how they're coping with it their resilience maybe okay so maybe not enough in terms of how so talking about it um the survivors effects someone who has attempted and survived there is a change change people are talking about it but maybe not enough in sri lanka in sri lanka if you if you are reported to have a, have an attempt and it didn't uh, you didn't succeed in doing so it's criminally liable right i could be wrong but i remember a time where there was a i think newspaper article of a uh, suicide survivor she has attempted for the sixth time and this time the police has placed her like in a uh, special cell in angoda so they isolated her and uh, mm. they were keeping a close eye on her so what do you think mm. about that why is that there how long ago was this because i i remember suicide was decriminalized in 1997 this wasn't uh, this was like 10 years back 10 10 maybe 15, 10 12 years back okay so that's again this speaks to the um 
the in this speaks to a lot of people's attitudes towards mental health and how suicide is approached in our country so that's again a pocket full of these organizations and people are doing their part but there needs to be training there needs to be advocacy there needs to be awareness with police personnel to healthcare workers to um governmental employees that's where this is it's important it's imperative that these trainings and awareness happen in that context and it's it's quite unfortunate because i do recall that it's it's it was decriminalized in 1997 and if this happened 10 years ago that's really really sad so technically and is there like you know um some sort of procedure that's supposed to happen when someone goes through like that many attempts or like legally or like things like that is the government supposed to step in or like is there some sort of procedure in place so not that i'm aware of but in terms of um from a healthcare point of view or or a prevention point of view previous suicide attempts is always a significant predictor of suicide or of future attempts so it's important that this person gets the right kind of support to prevent a uh, future suicide attempts so it's this is where a holistic approach comes into play from the doctors to professionals to even the the place of work them being able to identify what's going on is important but from a legal standpoint not that i'm aware of but that's quite an interesting um topic or opportunity to talk about legal standpoints or legal framings of how this is supposed to take place because like the way i see it i guess it's like even if you are in need of like drastic help unless you mm. can reach out for it or someone around you reaches out for it for you you're not going to necessarily get it which is not this mm, yeah simple physical health right yeah yeah and i feel yeah. like the reason why we lose so many people because they don't reach out and they don't have people yeah. out for them which is really sad at the end of the day yeah like, probably be some sort of resource to you know like yeah check up on that because we But see if you go on social media now just the other day 3 days ago i saw an organization had started their page kalyana.org and it it was just It was amazing to see so many organizations so many uh initiatives to promote mental health to help you reach out so even if you read their captions even if you read their their bios it's all about making it inclusive um making it more accepting which will then make people feel like hey you know what i can i can reach out yeah it's okay but then again this is social media right so how many of us actually have access to social media so it's there's a lot to think about in that respect and a lot to do actually so shakshini we've covered a lot of ground in this episode alone and if you were to if you were to give us resources especially about your organization hope excel uh, yes please do so okay so hope excel is so that we 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 formed hope excel with the intent of um helping those struggling with uh suicidal ideation or 
thoughts of suicide, but not just that, but general uh, struggles they might have in, in their daily life. So we have an instant messenger platform. Uh, that's what we've launched with. And in the future, we're hoping to also launch our suicide prevention hotline. Um, how the instant messenger platform works is just through FB, uh, Facebook Messenger, you just message and you will have an immediate response from one of our responders. Um, and it's it's quite, I, I believe as far as I know, it's the first or one of the few instant messenger platforms available in Sri Lanka. Um, and if you know anyone struggling with suicidal behaviors or thoughts, uh, please refer them to HOPESL and also there are other resources such as the NIMH hotline, the National Institute of Mental Health, uh, Sumitrayo. And if you know of anyone in a high risk situation who has attempted suicide or has self-harmed, the police ambulance, 1990, that's crucial. Were you aware of the police ambulance before this? I was, yeah, I feel like I've seen it yeah. on social media. I was, okay, that good. Was, that was very good. Helpful. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah, any other resources that possibly could, um, I mean, there's a lot of organizations these days. That, But uh, there's only a few that specialize with hotline prevention. True, 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 yeah. True. I mean, at, I mean, for a person who's at high risk, so anyone who is willing to listen to their cause or listen to what they have to say, right? Mm. That would that would do for them. Yeah. So in terms of so what you're trying to say, Sahan, is that if someone's in high risk, having someone listen to what they feel would do. Is that what you're asking me? Yeah, like just having just having someone yeah. who they can speak to, who they can open up to, yes. and just. Even even if need be, if you want to cry in front of them, you cry in front of them and at least tell them what you're feeling. So, I mean, it, even that alone can hold ground. No, of course. that That's basically um, one of the important things that need to be paid attention to is that, okay, you know, just having someone listen to this person's pain and, and anguish and what they feel and why they feel a certain way, it's unloading it. And simply just sharing what you feel reduces or alleviates the intensity of what you want to do. Okay, so before we wrap this whole episode up, uh, any closing remarks, Shrakshini? Yeah, Himaya. Firstly, I'd like to thank um, Sahan and his team for having me on to talk about something that's really personal to me and something that I'm really passionate about and uh, really want to enforce actionable change in. And you guys are doing great work by focusing on this topic and hopefully in future episodes, focus on other related topics of mental health so that we can uh, make it more accessible and raise more awareness um, at the same time. And also for suicide prevention to really uh, see fruition, it's important to change at policy level, which again is something I'd like to shed light on. And what you're doing through your podcasts also may contribute to how it's viewed in the public sphere. 
So once again, thank you so much for having me on. Yes, it was our <laughs> pleasure, Shakshini. It was so nice to have you, and it was so nice to hear somebody you know give accurate information because rather than us just reading out facts on the internet, it's more. It's better when yeah. you hear it from somebody who is passionate about the field and someone who has experience Absolutely. working about it. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, guys, I think with that we can wrap up today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Saham Darmasena. This is Rishmi Silva. My name is Himaya Pereira. My name is Shakshi Mathivan, and signing off.